once again into the soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Brenes. This is episode 142. As always, a reminder for you to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. Do your soccer service and spread the word on this great American podcast to everyone you know. And we're going to be all over North America today, and we will get to that here shortly. But we appreciate you tuning in, and we also know this is an internationally appreciated forum. So thanks for everyone who has tuned in all over the world. We are going to focus on a lot of dysfunction, not just here in the United States and their soccer organization, but also north of the border in Canada, coming up in the business end, a big soccer and sports personality from up there. You know him. You've probably seen him as well on the Levitard show. Sid Sixero, who's currently with Breakfast Television, formerly of The Score. He will be joining me to talk about what's happening with Canada soccer. And you thought U.S. soccer had its issues. Wait to hear what's going on up there. Certainly things will get better. We will talk to him about that. And yes, over in stoppage time, I will take a closer look at all the findings of the investigation with the Reynas and Greg Berhalter. It concluded the independent investigation from U.S. soccer. Who is to blame? Where do we go from here? How do we clean up this mess? And uh, just make sure this never happens again. So a lot of off-the-field stuff that we will be locking into by necessity, but I'll tell you what, it is interesting and it's things that we certainly have to flesh out. We also have a few compelling on soccer uh, stories that we will delve into because it is the Soccer OG and well, we cover everything. Let's get the show started. So I had a real big show planned. It's still gonna be amazing. But I just completed the interview with Sid Sixero of Breakfast Television in Canada. We covered a lot of ground. It is phenomenal. I knew it would be. He is really one of the great personalities we have in North America. I think he ha should have a soccer show here in the United States. I'm going to campaign for that. So that's coming up in the business end. I was going to talk about the findings of the independent investigation of U.S. soccer against the Reynas. Uh, which was directed at Greg Berhalter and his wife, Rosalind. The findings are out. You can read all about them. Uh, it was viewed that both the Berhalters accurately portrayed the nature of the 1992 incident, which was brought up by the Reynas, to diminish them because their son, Gio Reyna, wasn't getting playing time. I don't want to drag on this podcast forever. I will tell you this. I have my take right now on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, where I will discuss everything uh, from my perspective. I think we have to look at it like adults and view the investigation on its own merits. Don't let it filter in and have a bigger conversation about the shortcomings of U.S. soccer or Greg Berhalter. We can discuss that at a later time, but the findings are out. Let's focus on that. There's a video up on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I'll give you my take. I, I strongly believe that is the direction we have to uh, approach before we get into the weeds and start talking about, well, U.S. soccer is flawed. We, we get it. But let's just focus on that independent investigation. Thank goodness it's finally over. It took way too long. And now we've got to try and get a sporting director and a coach and get ready for the 2026 World Cup. Enough of this. Enough of this garbage. It's ridiculous, but I don't want to get too much into it. 
So I obviously wanted to talk about that. We'll get into the conversation with Sid here here shortly. There was another big story, and I mean, I, I didn't know a lot about it, so I tried to do some homework on it with regards to Gary Lineker, and he was, uh, you know, taken off the air by BBC for a tweet that he sent, um, which was a subtweet where he went after a, a political leader in the United Kingdom who uh, discussed about the limitations of or the remarking of immigration into the UK, you know, a lot of refugees coming from countries where they can't go back to. They're getting on boats in dangerous waters and trying to come to the United Kingdom. Um, in a good light, they're trying to prevent these refugees to make that dangerous. Um, that's how it's being phrased by these British politicians. Uh, Gary Lineker, who has always spoken off his sleeve and has a really big heart, wants to be wants to see these immigrants, if they make this dangerous trip to get into it, uh, the United Kingdom lags behind other European countries for immigration reform and allowing uh, these refugees to come in. And it's a conversation uh, on a higher level. So BBC took Gary Lineker off the day of Match of the Day. It was an incredible development because all his colleagues on the BBC, and that's a big risk because it's your job and you're going, okay, I'm not going to appear on there because Gary isn't on there. And they're still working that out. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, I think BBC would have handled it a little bit differently because right now you turn on English television and the BBC is getting just smashed uh, because of the treatment of this. Um, it was a director general in there. He wanted to have impartiality on the air, which I believe in, right? I, I, I truly believe in. So uh, it, it's just the way it was handled. Um, and just with impartiality, what you look now, I've been in this business a long time. And I'm not Gary Lineker. I think we have to we have to look at Gary Lineker in a separate light. This guy is the 0.1% top of on-air personalities because he sits in the hosting chair and he's really good at that. He is smart. He's articulate. He looks good on the air. He can also talk about football because he's a legendary figure. He's one of the great goal scorers in English football history. He should be in the analyst chair, but he's so good as a host. I mean, and, and he, he just covers so many bases and he's done match of the day for years. And you gotta, you, it's Gary Lineker, right? You, it's Gary Lineker. And that's how you kind of have to approach it. And I, I apologize if I kind of swept the, 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 the immigration issue under the rug. I, I I think it's important to be a compassionate society. You know, I'm a, I'm a son of refugees, recent refugees, both my parents. And if it wasn't for the United States having a, a policy with Cubans coming in, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. I wouldn't be here, period, when my parents met in the States. And I'm eternally grateful that I could do this, have a great living and live in the greatest country in the world. And I want other refugees who live in these horrible, these places where they can't enjoy a good life. And they're at risk their lives are at risk all the time. I want them to have a better life. And I think as a compassionate society, we've got to do that. I'm going to talk about it with regards to the on air. Uh, and I'll defend the BBC a little bit here because, you know, this was a tweet and it was blown out of proportion in many ways because it was Gary Lineker. He has a huge following. Um, I think it was probably one of these things. We have a policy, the BBC don't do that. But it's important to be impartial on the air. 
And it, if I was at ESPN, I was always, you'd always have to be impartial because uh, if I wasn't, I'd be out of a job. But again, I'm not Gary Lineker. And there's a lot of more leeway here. And if you feel, if you are impartial on air and then uh, and you lean politically to the left or the right on social media, you've got to tread lightly because your on-air persona, the BBC who pays you, or in my case was ESPN or whatever, or LAFC or MLS, you have to... Uh, you you can be politically charged on those platforms, but you've got to be careful with your words. I don't think Gary Lineker was uh, 100% careful. I thought the message was important. The issue is that he compared maybe the, the government of the United Kingdom to Nazi Germany, and that's what he didn't say. But he did mention 1930s Germany, and I think that's where it kind of, I wish if it could have all done differently regardless of how you feel about the UK government, not to mention or compare anything to 1930s Germany, which he did. So um, it's important. Gary Lineker should be out and be allowed to say what what he wants because it is Gary Lineker. But just to choose the words wisely, but then we look at Twitter and that's what Twitter does. But it's been amazing to see the, the support. Now, I believe Gary Lineker is back on the air. I was talking to you about this because it was such a fascinating story. This has been a week of fascinating stories. With this, we'll talk about Sid Sixero and what's happening in Canada. I mean, you think U.S. soccer has got its issues. Wait till you see what's going on there. And obviously what's happening in U.S. soccer as well. I wish we could sit here and talk about goals and saves and MLS season pass, but we will again. But I think it's important to look at some of these subjects because these are rare and they're important to talk about. And whatever Gary Lineker does, I don't know if it's going to budge immigration reform. Uh, usually these tweets don't or these kind of stands don't. Um, but I think it's important to let the, the, the government know that some people aren't happy about the way they handled it. And you talk to the man on the street. Some people support Gary Lineker. Some do not. It's just a really interesting situation. And it has taken England and the United Kingdom by storm and... Well, we move forward. I'll be curious to see it, but if you turn on television or if you turn on the BBC, who's covering it thoroughly, I, I watch BBC America, you go online and YouTube, you will get to see a lot more of it. But I'm a big Gary Lineker fan. I support him. And uh, at the end of the day, you're glad he's out there. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. Again, no stoppage time this week, but go to my YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, to get all my thoughts on the findings of the independent investigation by U.S. Soccer against the Reinas, which involves Greg Berhalter. The business end is next. We'll be joined by Sid Sixero of Breakfast Television in Canada. Let's go. the business and, and as I like to do from time to time visit our good friends in Canada because we care about them we are in this together in many ways than one we have the same dreams we have the same problems as you obviously abundantly know and for that I'm very happy to welcome in someone I've wanted on the show for a very long time Sid Sixero who's with Breakfast Television you may remember him with the score up in Canada if you remember the score you remember Sid and Sid well, thanks for jumping in here in the business sense so we can talk some footy, some soccer, and hopefully cover a lot of ground here. Max Bretos, it is an honor. Um, things on the show right now have never been crazier, so we've had to reschedule this a couple times. God bless you. 
for your patience. God bless you for your kindness, because I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while, so I appreciate you making time. Um, we need to get this out of the way, because no one uh, enjoys hearing their own name more than Adnan Burke, so I want to shout out Adnan Burke, <laughs> uh, a mutual friend, because I know he's listening. So Adnan, now, you heard your name, go back to the rest of your day. Yes. You, you have to, you're, you're good. You're good. Well, full disclosure, Sid, I spoke to Adnan yesterday to prepare for this. and <laughs> Of course you did. And first and foremost, my question is, I want to get Sid's last name correct because I struggle with the same thing. I've heard my last name said a million times. So how did I do? Is that all right? Perfect. Good. Perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. And then just get a background about you. And within two minutes, the conversation turned about Adnan Verk and his days at the score. (laughs) Of course. So Of course. No, but he's like, I honestly, Max, one of the, like, one of the first people I feel like one of the first people Adnan ever told me about after going to Bristol was you. Probably makes and sense. You guys became thick as thieves pretty quick uh, from what he told me, which having like watched you forever on air and known Adnan was the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. Like it, it felt like a good fit. It felt like a really good fit. Yeah, we, uh, we, but- we arrived at the same time almost and we gravitated towards each other. We became confidants and we were like the gossip hounds there. We would like... We would just get everyone going and we were just, you know, hey, oh, hey, would you see what's, do you see her? And our favorite thing to do is we would get our sports center schedule and we'd go, hey, what did you get? And what did you get? What did so-and-so get? And we would compare and contrast. It was, it was pretty, it was fun, but it was pretty pathetic to be quite frank. That's the, for people, people listening, that's the business. That's the business. We well, what did you get? all just self-conscious freaks. It doesn't matter who we're working for. It doesn't matter what swipe card we have. We are always just wondering what someone else got. Yeah. Not my proudest <laughs> moment, but I don't care. I don't care. No, like, what it's did so and so get? So it's fun. No, but I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, Adnan and I go back a long way uh, at the Score Television Network, and Adnan's gone on to amazing, amazing things. And he always had very, I've, I've, been, I've been a Max Brethos fan for, for a long time, going back to Fox, uh, Fox Sports World Canada. And, um, you actually in that network, I owe a great debt to because you introduced me to the glory of the Copa Libertadores, which I had never ah. really watched uh, until, uh, and I didn't care if it was live or taped. I could, I could, I still don't care. I'll watch it. Um, that channel, I watched a lot of that channel and a lot of you and a lot of pretty good broadcasters on that station. So kudos to everyone who was ever involved in Fox Sports World Canada. You were, you were phenomenal. And, um, you know, it was a special time because soccer was isn't what it is now in terms of availability, but it was it was it was a different era. It was it was started. It was a start of something different. And um, yeah, I just want to uh, th- honestly thank you for what you've done uh, for soccer in North America. Wow, um, the o- the OG is a very apropos title for a Max Bretos uh, podcast. So it's an honor to be on here, man. We have a lot to chop up. There's a lot going on, including the finalization of a World Cup format that happened. I, I moments just saw ago. this moments Can you believe ago. It? FIFA, I, FIFA, somehow, somehow FIFA, who expanded the World Cup to 48 teams, somehow have added 24 more games to the World Cup. <laughs> it's like the, the 2026 World Cup, 24. It's not like they added two games, 24 no. more games for your viewing pleasure. And we will watch all of them. We will watch all of them. <laughs> we, will cons- oh my we will hook it to our veins. Are you kidding God. They know what they're doing. It's like but I was just happy. I'm happy that we are going to keep the groups of four. I was worried yeah. there for a second because 
was not was the initial report not weird groups of three like in the 82 world cup in spain like we were going back to that and i didn't i didn't want any part of that and and i just with eight is it eight third place teams that are going through trying to do that's gonna that's gonna be dicey that's gonna be insane (laughs) (laughs) like even when the groups the first four groups and you're gonna have no idea where anyone stands i mean it's it's gonna be it's going to be wild. I'm looking forward to it. So at least they kept groups of four. I was a little concerned. Yeah. But yeah, we got, I mean, US, uh, the USA soccer in the news, Canada soccer in the news. Oh boy. None of it's good. No. None of it's good. Um, we could, I grew up uh, a little about me. I grew up a uh, Portuguese soccer supporter and it uh, could be a, a big day here for Portuguese soccer as Porto take on Inter Milan. So we could have two Portuguese teams in the quarterfinals. Porto and Benfica have never played, if I'm not mistaken, in a Champions League quarterfinal or knockout stage game. It would be a big deal for my folks. Well, Sid, I'll, deal. I'll say this about Benfica, and I know they sold Enzo Fernandez, and a lot of people probably said, okay, that's going to undercut their chances of winning. They're still the most impressive team I've seen in the Champions League. I know they played Club Bruges, but the way they just ripped right through them, and they've ripped through this competition, I will not undersell them or misrepresent them in any way shape or form they have it i'm not gonna say they're gonna win it but i don't know man i i, I wouldn't be, i would i would i wouldn't be surprised if they're there in the semifinals going hello here we are I, i'll i'll take it because i was very i was i was very downtrodden when uh enzo got big for his britches i was uh not surprised but i was like you know what kid just finish the year grab another two trophies they think he's going to win the league. Like I'm sure there's a domestic cup in there somewhere, one of the eight competitions. I'm sure there's one. Try and get to a semifinal of the Champions League. Like I, I, it's there. Just finish. Like it's four months. But how, what do you do? Four months. What do you do when you're a player and then you hear? I mean, I don't know if anyone tells you directly that someone wants to buy you for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> they go, hey, uh, just keep it under your hat, but someone wants to buy you for a hundred million dollars. You've got to start walking around like you're the bull of the week. Like, yep, oh. I'm the guy. I'm the hundred million, hundred million dollar guy. Well, he's coming off. I mean, he better be walking that way anyway. He's coming off yeah. the World Cup. Yes. Where the tournament changed when he got in the starting 11. He's coming off a World Cup where oh, he's yeah. a player of the tournament. He's coming, like he better walk into Lisbon about like Rick <laughs> I'm the Flair, dude. four inches taller than he was when he left. Like he better be styling and profiling when he comes back into the study of the luge. But I, I was, I, 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 there was a part of me that was like, you know what? Just four more months. In. <laughs> four more months. You can go for 130 million. Good. You can go, you can go to like for Saudi money. You can go to that league. If you want, you can go for all the money, do it all. You can go for whatever inter Miami's <laughs> willing to pay him. Cause they're really, they're ready to spend. <laughs> so I, I was, I was a little disappointed, but with that said, the draw for Benfica is good. I don't, I, I think, I think quarterfinals will be it, but Gonzalo Ramos, Portuguese striker. He's still there. Antonio Silva, the center back. He's a monster. He's going to have a long career. There's good building blocks there. Could they win another round? I hope I'm not, I'm not, you know, totally convinced, but we'll see. But it was fun to have Enzo while we had, him. it was funny. My dad, because my dad now is retired, and his full-time job is to watch soccer. That's and to watch good, him. Good gig. Like, l- literally. Like, I've set it up. I'm not going to get into details. I've set it up. He's covered for games. He's got all the games. He knows what's going on. And I went, the last summer, uh, I went over to his place, and he was beaming. This was, like, July. I go, he goes, oh, boy. 
oh boy, I watched the game today. I'm like, what? Or last night. It was the night before. Oh boy. I'm like, what game? And he was beaming because he's now doing scouting on Benfica buys. And they had just bought Enzo Fernandez from River Plate. And he watched a Copa Libertadores game. And he's giving me the scouting report of like the $8 million buy that Benfica made. And he is beaming over this kid. And I'm like, okay, well, now I got to see him. And I saw another couple of River games before he, uh, he left. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. This is what the deal is. And then he steps into Europe like it was nothing. And, um, you know, the kid, you know, he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Like Chelsea can win that competition, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, and they're getting better. So it's like for for all the all the slings and arrows and mud thrown at Chelsea, now you have a problem with that club, and they're in the quarterfinals. You can almost see the finish line uh, ahead of you. And I wanted to mention about the Copa Libertadores because I got to call some of the games the last couple of years. I probably won't do as much as that because of our new Apple TV deal, which I'm uh, thrilled to be part of. Congratulations and, on that, oh, by the way. That's oh, man, a big I'm, move for that league. That's a the, big move. Big move. There you go. I'm, I'm, I, you've made me cut out two parts of this that I'm going to use for promotional purposes. And <laughs> keep going, man. You're going to – if we can get to six of those little uh, little sound bites, we'll be in good shape. But the, uh, the Copa Libertadores, when I was watching it a lot more the last two years, you get to see these – and your, your father can probably attest to this. You can see the next big stars before they – get to Europe and I, I Moises Caicedo, who's now the next big name. He's at Brighton. I saw him and people were, I mean, I didn't say this guy's good. I just heard some of the journalists say it and I would go, wow, he is good. And we would do these river plate games and they had these three kids uh, in Enzo Fernandez in the midfield, Julian Alvarez, who became their top scorer as the forward. And then Gonzalo Montiel, who was the fullback who hit the winning penalty all on river plate. They all go. Psh. So if you want to be a good if you want to be a comprehensive soccer fan, you got to watch that. It, you get the head start on these players, which is a very fulfilling for a fan. But you get, oh yeah, I saw that guy when he was playing at Independiente del Valle in Ecuador. But it's a, uh, it's very, it's it's very exciting. I know there's a lot to to cover here, Sid. I, I wanted to talk about our our federations really quickly, and maybe we could just phrase uh, it in a way. Like, which is worse because right I got some humdingers of some quotes. I'm going to talk a little bit about the U.S. situation, but I was listening in on, on a program that you were on about what is happening in Canada. And um, they are there. They're, they're, they're forgive my I don't I don't know the details. I know you know a lot more, but they're 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 trying to get a new CBA, correct? Uh, for. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the men and the women have been trying to cut their own deals with Canada soccer, the national teams, and at the same time, cut equal deals with Canada soccer. And it has been, um, I've followed Canada soccer a long time. There have not been many high points. There's a, there's a gold cup win with Craig Forrest down in Miami in the rain. There's like a couple things here and there, 86 Mexico. It's been on the women's side, far more success. Right. Well, far that, more success. But from just real quickly, Sid, from our perspective, when we don't get into, forgive the, the, the term, the weeds, when you see what's happening in Canada soccer, we're looking at it and go, hey, Canada's on the up and up. Things are doing great. They have uh, this record signing Alfonso Davies now playing at Bayern. They qualify for a World Cup. They're going to be host co-hosting a World Cup in 2026. The Canadian women have won the gold medal you're like all right this is good. but it's when you look closer there's a unfortunately a lot of dysfunction yeah so i 
here's the issue. For There was a moment like three years ago, four years ago, where Canada soccer had they, – they reached the point where they were having trouble selling national team games to the two major sports networks here in Canada, Sportsnet and TSN. For a while, that was never really an issue. But it was becoming an issue. And on top of that, there was – Canada soccer were still having a, a real hard time starting a domestic league outside of MLS. So basically a company made up of former national team players and some business people called Canada soccer business, which I'll refer to as CSB for the rest of this saw an opportunity. So they go to Canada soccer and they say, listen, you're having trouble selling your national team rights. We'll take, we'll take care of selling. You want help setting up a domestic league? We'll set it up. We'll even set up a channel, a streaming service called One Soccer, which will have all of those games, not only from the national team, but youth levels below it, men's and women's, plus the CPL, which is now our domestic soccer league. We'll take care of that. We're going to take care of that. So Canada Soccer is like, great. That sounds like a great deal. What do you want for it? And CSB, this business, said, you know what? Just give us all marketing and TV rights for the national team. Oof. So Canada Soccer's like, okay. <laughs> so because it seems like that's how the meeting went. And yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and during like the dark times of Canada soccer, especially on the men's side, this deal got cut. And in, in annual reports from the board, the financials, this deal kind of um, strangely was never really in it. So now the women's program wins gold medal. Now they're looking at, like, they want to be in a semifinal of the World Cup later this year in Australia and New Zealand. The men come out of nowhere and win CONCACAF qualifying, which is one of the more difficult things in world soccer to do 100%. because of geography and quality of actual turf and weird shit like that. So, all right, everything everything last summer happens. Canada qualifies. The women are like, we're gold medalists. Everyone turns to Canada soccer and says, so what about the money? And Canada soccer goes, yeah, there's only so much we can do. And it got so bad that uh, the Canadian men, in a fairly uh, highly publicized moment, refused to play a game in Vancouver. Fans were coming down to the game that that afternoon, and before the game was even canceled, it was a it was a disaster. And our and our women just recently had to go on strike because they weren't getting anywhere. There was no traction money wise, and Canada soccer have not opened up any books. This is this is the most embarrassing thing I've seen, arguably in sports in this country, any sport where everyone's waiting for this moment on both sides, women and men. And we're just scrapping with each other and no one trusts each other. And I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something from, from, from my sources. I don't have a ton. I have a few. It is more messed up than anything you're reading. The goings on behind the scenes, the little trust and the little transparency, transparency between Canada soccer and the men's and women's programs disgusting. It's disgusting. And the women are in the right and the men are in the right. 
And it's it, to have these headlines, for, to have you guys in the state see this, to have this stuff travel, considering the vibes of last year, it's, it's an embarrassment. It literally makes me sad. I'm a fairly soulless, emotionless person when it comes to this. I'm a black and white individual. I, I genuinely get sad considering how much I love this country's soccer program and the people in it, not the executives, the people below, that this is happening and that everyone's seeing it. So that's where we're at. There's still no transparency. Uh, no, March the 20th is when executives for Canada soccer are scheduled to be in front of Canada's equivalent of a, of a Senate committee, essentially is what it is. Um, because Christine Sinclair and Janine Becky were in front of them last week. March, so next Monday will be the executive's turn. They're going to, the big question is, will MPs up here, very powerful elected officials, want to see the books and see what's really going on with that deal with CSB and why Canadian soccer players at the senior level are not being paid properly? That's basically what's going on. Hopefully, and there's an end in sight. Hopefully our women can clear their heads and go play that world cup in a good headspace because it's a big one it's a big one that's the frustrating part because uh, it it feels like that's been put in peril and again winning the gold medal of the olympics is always a a harbinger of good things you know it's like okay we're gonna have we are gonna be a a threat to win this world cup in australia new zealand which is open and then you're you're it's not a lot of games but a co-host and you're already qualified for the world cup there's so much positive things to be around i when you mentioned the lack of transparency i snicker a little bit because it sounds like us down here and we have our own issues as we try to compete but i I started following this a little bit and was watching some of the canadian news and i was kind of thrown thrown into a thrown back a bit because of some of these back and forths because of christine sinclair is i mean she's a legend she's and she's going through this and there was this quote i heard that she said about a gentleman named Nick Bontis, I'm sure you're very familiar with. And he said, what was it that Christine is bitching about? And I go, who talks to the, a legend like that? And it is, I was just, it was very disappointing when I, when I heard it. And I'm glad you're out there fighting the good fight. Cause it's uh look, I, th- those deals get made and hats off to them, I suppose for, for seeing they had a good product and getting there an early stage before it blew up. I don't know if they they knew it was going to blow up, but it it did. And I mean, for for you, Sid, you look at Canadian soccer. I mean, pe- people want to consume this. Obviously, they're very proud to be can- Canadian. I mean, their hockey's number one, and soccer is is make like in our country here is moving up the pecking order. But people want to watch it. People are into it. I'm sure many Canadians sat as families for the 2022 World Cup and watched every drop of the Canadian men in uh, Qatar. Yeah, that's that's the part of this that is just um, like I think the ratings. Canada played Croatia in their group stage game. It was late morning Eastern time on a Sunday. The numbers were astronomical, astronomical. And um, the one thing about Canada, regardless of the sport, Canada loves to see Canada be Canada. Hockey. World Baseball Classic going on now. Rough one last night against the States, but World Baseball, doesn't matter what it is. And when you when you put the world's game in in our sphere, like people, people I've, I, I've known my whole life who don't care about soccer, who've never cared about soccer, are like, is, is Richie Larea the answer at right back for this game? 
Like, how are they? How is Good it? Hutchinson, how is Atiba Hutchinson the guy who's going to handle that Croatian? Like, I've never. Like, what am I hearing? This is what I'm talking about. It's grabbing people. And a heated debate about Richie Larea is exactly yes, what every Richie Canadian Larea. needs. <laughs> yes, because all Richie Larea knows is a heated debate. <laughs> Love Richie Larea. Um, but that's that was the mood up here. It grabbed everyone, as as everyone predicted it would have. It was the easiest thing in the world to predict. And right after that, the start. It all went south. Of, yeah. Just did, did you ever hear? I forget which documentary I was watching. Some a Brazilian journalist told the story of Brazilian soccer and a fable of God. God looked down on Brazil and said. I'm going to bless Brazil with the greatest soccer players in the history of the world. And Brazil's people says, great. It's a great deal. I'd love that. And God says, but hold on. I'm also going to give you the worst soccer executives you have ever seen. Sorry. In your entire <laughs> life. So you got to, there's some yin and yang there. Yeah. And I, and you're watching Canada. So like Canada soccer was like, like they, they all of a sudden found themselves with a Ferrari engine and they were, and they were building like Volkswagen Beetles. It, that was the chassis that was in, that was in the factory coming out, but the engine wanted to rev into 200 kilometers an hour. And our infrastructure is so poor. They didn't know how to handle it. Alfonso Davies had to cut his own deal. Wow. Like they, it was, and it was kind of a, a, a bone of contention in the room i don't think it was that big a deal but guys noticed it and and kind of soccer's like he's alfonso davis like what are we going to say it was just completely mishandled like i i know i i i know people who had to fly over jerseys for their kids i'm talking players on canada's team in qatar starting 11 players they had to have friends of theirs here in Southern Ontario buy jerseys for their kids and fly them over Canadian jerseys for their My kids goodness. because RFA wouldn't give it to them. Are they, are these, are they not, are they not soccer folks at all? I mean, is it, is it, are they no. people who know? Okay. And if they say they are, they're not okay. like, what's, what does being a soccer folk in Canada mean? You played at Queens university for three years. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Honestly, know. like a soccer folk, a soccer folk in Germany or England yeah, or Argentina. They're embedded. You were you were in a youth system at age five. Yeah. And you don't know anything else. That's a soccer folk. People up people in Canada, like you're involved in soccer for five years, <laughs> six years, and then you're, like and then you turn hurt. around and this and this can we kind of swear on the spot or not? Would you prefer? I sure, do? sure. Let it ride. So you turn around and it's like they're on the fucking board <laughs> of Canada soccer. What have the you big, done ever? Biggest... Nick Bontis, he calls him, he's a doctor. He's Dr. Nick Bontis. That line in the committee meeting last week that Christine Sinclair said about how wow. disrespectful that fucking guy was. Christine Sinclair has done more for this country's soccer program than Nick Bontis will do in 30 lifetimes. And that's how you're talking to Christine Sinclair. You I like that. Maggot? I can... Like that guy's gone and he got promoted. <laughs> He's now a VP of Concacaf. Thanks, Montagliani. See, but Thanks this is covering up. 
That's that becomes everyone's problem now. Yep. He's now he's all your problems. He was just ruining it for us. Now Nick Bontis is gonna go in there and ruin it for the States and for Bermuda and for Curacao and everyone else. Wait till wait till you guys see what Nick Bontis is all about. He'll oh. be in the next FIFA Netflix documentary. That guy, that's when when he'll show up. All is going well in Canada, everybody. Infuriating. <laughs> You know what? It's, it's messed up with with Brick Alder and what's happening in, with the Reinas with 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 USA Soccer as well. Uh, we got you beat. I'm sorry. I know. Well, we're just I further talk along. About this, but we got you beat. We got you beat. I, I think we're just further along on that. Where hopefully there's something on the horizon. But I I, I say I, I feel the same thing. I go Canada has all this stuff to be excited about. And it's, the rug has been pulled. We in the United States, we have this World Cup to host. We have, as Canada does, great young players performing at a high level in Europe, making a ton of money, and the, the train is coming off the rails at the worst possible time. We have a sporting director position that's open, and based on some reports, nobody really wants to fill them. And I'm like, what? Why? I mean, I, I would normally think, why wouldn't you want that gig? For 2026, same with the coaches. It's going to be even worse for the coaches, but why wouldn't you want this gig? It's a... It's a moment in time which could change this sport forever and make it boom. But maybe that is wishful thinking, and maybe it will not happen because of well, the way we Max, are. But let me let me let me put this on the table because I saw it yesterday. It's amazing you bring this up because yesterday Canada Soccer formally posted the openings for their their presidency and a few VP slots below this person and. Why can't why can't we have people in those spots that love soccer the way you and I love soccer? That's a great. Why shot. is that? Why is that not possible? Considering what you feel about this game and your federation, and how I feel about this game and my federation, because I looked at that and I said to my wife, my wife and I were just before we we watched The Last of Us last night. What a series! What a series! Yeah, I go. I looked at it and I go. I go, would it be nuts if I went for this position? For the record, I goes, don't want the one down here, but someone like me should have it. Like I'm just saying, why not? Why not you? Wait a second. Let's play this out. Let's play this out. You look good in a hoodie. You also look good in a suit. I've seen Max Brettos in a suit plenty of times. But I'm just saying the passion. European nations don't have this issue. Is it political? Yeah, it's still political. But there's also a lot of passion still in it with smart people who have experience. Here, it's like it's like you get someone who was who, who couldn't make it as an as an intern at at one two three Park Avenue in the NFL office, who's like, I'll try that. And up here, it's worse. It's a big position. It's worse. It's a big. You're you're in Qatar. You're in Qatar. Well, you're, is you're it... rubbing hands with Infantino. You're doing all these things. And it matters. And you need someone. Our problem is, I don't think USA Soccer have always had this problem. You, you can speak to it better than me. We have had people up here who want to cut some checks and go home and answer to no one. And do not care about the game because no one has that kind of microscope on. And, and the killer up here is finally the spotlight's been on him. And I've, been, I've thrown up in my mouth once a week at the headlines that have come out of our federation in what should be the glorious moment for Canada soccer. And I'm just, I just hope, 
I hope, however this plays out, we get someone up here who loves the game. Loves the game. Doesn't feel like the game owes them anything, because that's different. Loves the game. Realizes, you know what? Maybe Christine Sinclair and Atiba Hutchinson should make this up. Maybe we should reward our players for those would be those would be some people that'd be good in charge. I'll take either. Atiba's listen, Atiba, the injuries are starting to catch up with Atiba. People, I know people are trying to convince him to run. I can confirm that. I don't I don't know if it's his cup of tea. Atiba's a private guy. Yeah. But it's time to move this forward in a way where soccer people are running our soccer discourse and not low level broke-ass political soccer figures who think they know what they're doing. We, we, we got to move forward. And I just hope whoever that is can speak for us. Those of us who were in the stands at BMO Field against Dominica when it wasn't cool to root for Canada against Dominica, but we were there. And that's where my passion comes from. That's the scene in Edmonton when Canada took on Mexico in freezing conditions. That's that is reflective. That's not a fluke. That's not a be there because it's an event kind of thing. That is what people in this country care. That, that's what they care about. That's how much they love the program. It's not a, it's not a weird thing that happens once in a while. We we need serious people to reflect that. And I don't think we've had that. We haven't had it. Touch pitch side with John Herdman. We've had it. We've had it. We now have to. We got to elevate that off the pitch because. There's the lack of transparency and the lack, forgive me, I'm rambling, Max, forgive me. The the lack That's of great. transparency here is making me sick. Well, and we're gonna be and we're gonna be spinning our wheels if we don't change the, that type of leadership. We that's can. My, that's my biggest issue. We we can empathize with that with the lack of transparency. And I'll give you. I, I don't need to know everything. There's some things and basic things I would like to know. And I, I I love to protect the players. There has to be a working relationships between the governing body. And the players, I, our big issue down here as well is finding the players and making it easy for them to not get slipped through the cracks and make the way there. They've made some headway with the women's game with um, the equal pay. They have they they gave them a platform and they and it, listening to Christine Sinclair kind of reminds me of what they did. I don't know if they're getting closer or any closure. Is everything great down here? No, but at least they're they're doing business a little differently. I would like to think. This this embarrassing episode with the Reynas and Greg Berhalter post World Cup will force their hand to open up a little bit and hand the reins to soccer people, whoever those might be. I think they they have to do something of that nature. So there's signs of improvement. Again, I I get it with soccer federation it doesn't have to be this open board. Hey, look what we're doing. We're I understand most federations, whether it's in in Italy or Argentina or whatever it is, they you know don't see how we make the sausages, but we will uh, by and large do things the right way, but we're not going to give you all the information, but they give you enough and they treat their players well and they have a voice. Uh, there's a lot of things that there's so much on the plate here, but I think uh, there's a little bit of a breakthrough on the U S by the sounds of it. Canada has a lot of ground to make up, but it, it, it breaks your heart because you see this, this incredible rush of talent. Kids are playing the sport. They're, they're, they're identifying the kids. They're, they're getting through the national team. And then this big block when things should be really, really burgeoning. Uh, I, I'm really floored, Sid, in the, in the big picture because, again, I, I think we, bury our, we have our own problems here and we don't pay attention to Canada as much. And we, we, have, 
we, for me as a U.S. soccer fan, I'm excited about the Canadian development because for so long, it's like USA, Mexico, we have this Nations League thing. We can't get games with Europeans or South Americans. So the emergence of Canada was huge because we have a new foil. We have a new rival that is at a very high level. So I don't want any of that to go wrong. Uh, but I, I think at the at the crux of the issue with the, the soccer people and also for, for us, too, as you've, you've seen with our, our, our little scandal, for lack of a better word, too many ties that bind uh, our old. We have so many U.S. soccer legends, which I trust their opinions. I know they love soccer, whether it was Ernie Stewart or Brian McBride or Greg Berhalter. I, try, I mean, I, I, I know that they are passionate about it, but there's too many familiarities there. And that's what got us in a little bit of trouble. And I don't know if that's the same with Canada, but I know it's looking at it's a con- different I, CONCACAF kind of CONCACAF yeah. waters down on all of us. And they had that problem. Everyone kind of looking out the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And it kind of it, it filters I was down. Amazed, honestly, Max, like in terms of like I want to because I want to talk about USA soccer here. Um, and because I again, correct, you're uh, you're the source on this. I'm not. And I don't want to you have a lot of sources in, in that country. I don't want to get you in trouble here. If there's something you can't talk about, tell me. I'm coming in completely ignorant, so forgive me. I'm just curious. Um, on the field, I see a I see a good setup. I see I and I see a, a coach who, with a team that wasn't that deep, get out of a group. Everything that they asked Greg Berhalter, he did by and large. I thought. Like, I mean, was it perfect? No, but he he got the trophies, well, got them where they needed to go. It was as as far as I'm concerned. Like I didn't see a striker. I saw I saw really a well-disciplined group, and I didn't see a bench. And to still get out of that group, I thought was pretty damn good. I agree. And, you know, I think development-wise, like that's the next step is you need you need some guys to bag like two or three goals in a group stage. Like you just get some consistent reps in Europe. I don't know why that slowed down striker-wise for USA Canada. I know there's some kids filtered about, but th- that I think that's the next step. Um, but like Burkhalter as a coach. I think is fine. Do I think he goes to Southampton tomorrow and saves them? I'm not saying that, but do you know something? You know, no, no, I'm just saying I'm, I'm that would be a big story. I would, I, I, I would, I would, we'd want to talk about that as well. <laughs> no, I'm just, that Ted Lasso's out tomorrow. So yeah. I'm in the mood. Um, but I, I'm the rainy thing. Take the more I read the rainy thing. It really took me. It, it, I was on my heels with it because I'm like, what was going on in that camp? Like six on years. top of act for six years, even like to get through the group with something, to get through the group with this thing happening in in the bowels of USA soccer was bizarre. Now listen, Gio Claudio Reyna, I have a lot of respect for. Solid player in his day. I had nothing bad to say uh, about him. Great guy. I've known him for great a guy. long time. Great guy. I, I, okay. I've confided with him. I, I was really floored by all of this. It's just kind of apparent that got it just got away from him. And Gio, and the one thing I don't, I really would be concerned at is, and, and I've watched Gio Reyna enough, kid's got talent. He's not taking over Bundesliga games right now. So no. we got to, everyone's got to, let's bring it back. Like We don't do that. Us. We don't do that in the U.S. We we blow these guys out of proportion. We feel like they're the, the solution. And that's we true. that's a big problem here as well. We see these guys and we, we give them the ring and we have this MLS versus Europe issue. And we're like, oh, no. Give Gio Reyna whatever he wants, put him in the game. I go, it doesn't work that way. He still no, has to kind of go through the checks and balances. Well, I know you still do that because I was watching Fox uh, in the lead-up to the tournament. They were obviously promoing the hell out of the, the World Cup. And they ran a promo. <laughs> they ran a promo with three people on it. 
Qatar 2022, Ronaldo, Messi, Pulisic. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's it. God, I know, but come on. Well, a lot of the Fox people, they had their predictions and guys had them in the final and the semifinals. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's, it's, they don't know, Max. They don't know. They'll know one day. They don't I, know. Know. I thought they America's were U.S. A- I had the U.S. going to the quarterfinals, which I thought was the absolute time we could have gone. I was being far. the ultimate optimist. It wasn't far, but I was like anything beyond far. that was not happening. Look, I think Burke Halter did a good job with a team that was kind of that picked up some good experience. And I think I think it was like I think we're gonna look back on that tournament for those kids as and and we'll, we're gonna be saying what a setup that was for 2026. Yeah. What a he, setup. Did, he did what he I don't think people give enough credit is and I, I some folks would say any coach could do this, but I I would disagree with that hundred percent is you were given a group of young players and you molded them into a, a team that went right at England, went right at the Dutch, were fearless, and were still the third or fourth youngest team there. There was other teams that were very young that didn't do as well as the United States. And I give him credit for that because at the beginning of qualifying, there is this video where they're showing the national anthems that are in El Salvador. A firework goes on in the back and Gio Reyna kind of curls up and is, is like, oh, he was he was scared. And that was like, okay, we have a long way to go. And they they got to a point where they were a well-oiled machine and um, everything was under the microscope, which it should be for player selections. And it, 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 it was weird because I was under the impression, and this is being on social media, Sid, you're like, things are going pretty well, but you wouldn't get that impression when you went there. And it's still, I think that's great too, that the fans out there are having these conversations. The same as Richie Chevrolet should play it right back. But it's, it's the same thing as who should play forward. I think those are healthy conversations, but they were ended up being very unrealistic. We're still not there. We are, we're flawed in a lot of ways. We don't have a striker. We still don't have a striker. We, we were very thin at positions. We got so lucky with Tim Ream saving the day as a center back and, People were upset, by the way, not to get sidetracked, people were upset that we were a defensive team. You know, we're like a one-nil team in the World Cup. I go, I'll take it. We had some identity. We'll take it. But uh, I I, I fear, Sid, that we will be here for eight hours if uh, the pace we're going. So Go go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to (laughs) jump. I, I was it's amazing. This is a tremendous conversation, but I wanted to I wanted to cover a few things because you have this is a bit of a leap here, but uh we'll 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 have time to talk Canada and US soccer again. You had a very famous rant about Lionel Messi that uh you know got picked up after he won the World Cup. I want to give full disclosure here on my end. I always challenged Lionel Messi and I kind of thought some similar things. He was a guy that always got the credit never got the blame and uh i'm very thrilled i i wanted to see that happen the world cup for argentina getting it the path wasn't what i ideally wanted to see i wanted to see messi lift that trophy it was a bit weird going along the way in some of these games some of the behavior of the argentine team was less than compelling but hey water under the bridge you're trying to win a world cup it's all good um messi i mean this is he is the the debate of the greatest of all time. He is certainly in it. I'm a Maradona guy. I always will be, and he will always be on a pedestal for me. And Pele, for what he did off the field as well and had to deal with, is up there. 
And I want to, I'd leave it like that, but that's a conversation anyone could have, but Lionel Messi winning. This is, is, is great for the sport. I will say though, as we, with your, with the credit he got, and I know you in your rant, you defer to go, Hey, look, that was a Barcelona team that he played for. It was, they didn't win it because of Messi. Argentina didn't win this world cup because of Messi. We mentioned some of the players that were critical and Lionel Scaloni, the manager, has to get a lot of credit because he changed those that team on the fly after the Saudi Arabia loss. I, I I think about Messi too, and I just want to talk about him overall, about the person, and get your thoughts. After the World Cup, it to me, I'm looking at PSG, and I'm not blaming Messi for the demise of PSG in the Champions League, but it it would appear him and maybe some of these other Argentine players put all those chips in the World Cup, which is what I would have done as well. It was a weird timing of the World Cup. It's a no-win situation for these players because they go right back to their clubs. But that was, you know, prioritized for Argentina. And now it's Messi is in an area where PSG, where he really can't go back there. I mean, we'd lo- I'd love to see him at Major League Soccer. Maybe the PSG failure enables that. But it's an it's an interesting conversation about him. You can't really say anything bad. And why you know, why would you sometimes? But I think we 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 lack. I always appreciated that that take because people feel like we criticize Messi. We don't. We don't do it to the point. There's always, to me, blame casts in some other areas. And then when the credit goes out, it goes a lot more to him as it did at the World Cup where it may not have gone to uh, his teammates. Sorry, it was a little convoluted, but that was how it was to, to present the Messi discussion. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, the Messi, the Messi thing kind of uh, went. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I felt it for a while. And I think, when when was it? Oh, it was during the Russia World Cup. That's when I said it. I said it, like, with 30 seconds to break. And I'm like, oh, it's a throwaway thing. I'll just, I want to say this here. And <laughs> Sportsnet. <laughs> but this is, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. The, I, I, the power of social media is something that I have had a view of, unlike most people. Because I'm sitting here in southern Ontario. I'm sitting here in Toronto. And I like how you refer to Toronto as Southern Ontario. That's very respectful yeah, I, of the, the province. Yeah, we want okay, to mix it up. <laughs> keep it, keep it, keep it light. Um, but like I'm, we're, I'm here. I say like I'm a Canadian guy on TV, and I'm, we're talking about one of the great figures in world sport. And Sportsnet's account picks it up, and it went. Until this day, I'm still trying to figure out why it went. Did it go because I was overheated? Did it go because I was right at the time? Did I? Did it go because other people were thinking the same thing? Or the other thing, which I'm seeing, did it go because Lionel Messi defenders online are fucking insane? Yeah, there's They're your answer. Nuts. <laughs> I think it's the fourth thing. Well, I, and, and by the, I, I got that too thing. because when he, I, I wanted Messi to leave Barcelona because I go, he's not going to win a Champions League there. That's what how they at the end of his career there. Yeah, I, the I, way I, it was yeah. set up, it's not good. So I was very critical of him. More for his benefit, and then the messy uh, protection agency on social media oh, let yeah. me have it. And I kind of turned out to be it turned out to be accurate. It, he had to leave. People still want him to go back. I'm go why he had to leave, but it, it was a very touchy subject. Yeah, it was, and like it, like the the Daily Mail picked it up. It was the weirdest, honestly, Max. It was the weirdest thing. But at the time, I was I was not. Uh, flinching. I was not flinching. Like I was tired of watching 
David Villa and Xavi and Iniesta and everyone kind of just win everything. And here you have this guy who can't get to the quarterfinals of a World Cup. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what am I missing here? Because I watch. You watch. And I'm, I find myself defending the take against a kid who plays with Messi online on in FIFA. But I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's brilliant. And he's a top three, four, five player of all time. But, like, if, 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 it's, if you feel like you're the Barcelona factory product, I can't tell. I can't say you're the greatest player of all time. I, I can't. I cannot do that. Now, what to your other? How much time we got, Max? Forgive me. Where oh, we, we got time. We got time. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, 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 I want to take a slight issue. What you said about about how Argentina acted, Emiliano Martinez aside, who I believe is a clown. I do historically some of the, my favorite Argentina teams of all time were pissed off all the time. Yeah, Altamendi was an Altamendi was another one that oh, was just. I was like, Altamendi, okay, dude, bring it down a notch. That, they but that's were, him. That's who he is, and it helped and them Messi win. Too, so, but Messi be, against Holland. Oh yeah, Messi's walking over to hey, Van Bubble. Hall and saying, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he's going like they, they were all at one point having to go with someone, and it reminded me of Italian '90, where they were mad at everybody. The, a means to an end. A <laughs> means to an end. Yeah. Like, and they didn't win in Italian '90. I know that, but like they fed off a lot of anger in that tournament. It felt like so. Um, but like I, I, I just str- felt strongly that Messi was a product of where he was, and maybe fraud was too strong a term. But I, <laughs> I, a little bit, I came, a little bit. But I came, <laughs> but I came at it from from the position of I'm watching these games. You're not shut up. Yeah, like I'm watching Barcelona every week. I'm I'm fighting. That's the one part about I didn't like. I'm fighting with people who don't watch soccer about soccer, which I'm sure you are very familiar with in your time in this business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, no, I'm just saying I'm agreeing with you, but I just wanted to just touch on one thing about, and to me, it's like the, the the credit that, I just want that credit to be shared. Messi's amazing. He's, I've been blown away and I, I've he's given me some of my favorite moments, but I was watching the, we talked about being in a World Cup and being a one-nil team getting through a World Cup. That was Argentina in 2014. And to this day, when we were talking about Messi, everyone's going, Messi was amazing in that 2014 World Cup. I go, was he? It was like, and I, I was a huge Javier Mascherano fan who rip, ruptured his anus making a tackle in 2014 for his country. And I was like, are we not going to talk about that? That's it, He was key in making sure that one goal was enough in each of those games. So I, again, I was like, give Messi credit, but I go, it was like, Messi, 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 Messi. I'm like, wait a minute. So that was, those, these are the episodes. Did he not win the golden ball that tournament too? Like something uh, ridiculous like that? I don't know if he scored a lot of goals. I mean, they, they didn't That's score what, a lot. No, but they like gave him the player. The they got the ball. Yes, they, they did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not, they not, gave okay. to Messi. And I'm like, and, and I'm with you. I had, I had a conversation with someone like within the last a couple of years about that and they're like well messi won the golden ball like he was he wasn't the best player yeah he wasn't <laughs> he, he wasn't the, the best player on his team it was it, it was like, he's, and like i'm with you like but like the the and you see this sometimes on television I, like everywhere in the world there are there are a there were certain pundits you could see it in their face messi is the oxygen they breathe and you can't fight that well said and and after, after listen, after December of last year, I couldn't fight it either. Argentina <laughs> had a lot of important – Argentina had a lot of important players. I'm with you. D- 
Di Maria late, massive. Enzo changed the tournament. Uh, McAllister looked like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Scholes out there. Like I don't know who he was. Good, like, like, great comparison. I like that one. That is really good. Like a little late on the tackle, too much. But yeah, like, really good offense. <laughs> Um, on the, uh, but of I, course, uh, the goalkeeper and the defenders who just did not concede anything other no, than they, a, a few little blips along the way. Just strong. Like, yeah. everyone was strong. And there was that one moment before every warm-up where Messi would walk out with Paredes. And who was the other guy, Max? It was like security. Oh, DePaul? Rodrigo DePaul. DePaul yeah, yeah. and Paredes. Was it Paredes? Forgive me. But they, they would walk, you know the shot. They would yeah. walk out, and the FIFA World Feed would have it, and it was like if anyone looks at this guy the wrong way, we're gonna break your leg. <laughs> like Goodfellas, <laughs> like like it was like Goodfellas. Yeah. It was just it had that kind of feel to it. Like we're gonna come in here and take your lunch money, yeah, and take it and take it back to Buenos Aires. I listen. I I, I Messi did what he had to do. Yeah, well, Messi I will did say- what he had to do, and I have nothing but respect for him. And those those teammates used Messi and rallied around him where they said, we are not losing this. I'm going to put my life on the line before losing this. And that inspired them. So uh, Messi, all the credit. And I, I didn't, I didn't mean to be a messy poo poo show. I just, it was, no, no. and we, oh, there's I, so I, much I respect. I just want to share the credit a little bit. Yeah. Sid, before I let you go, cause we can't talk messy about Ronaldo. You're a Portuguese soccer guy. He's at Al Nasser. I saw their coach say recently that he will not finish his career there. He'll finish it in Europe, which I I hope so. He scored a couple hat tricks. No one noticed. I had to dig around to find any video of this. I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for that Saudi league. They had a team reach the Club World Cup final. Granted, they get to throw a lot of money, but not all of them are throwing two hundred million dollars at a player. They still get no. the most. They scout well. It's actually a very good league. We just don't watch it because it's so far away. But, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo with, although Manchester United not having the success they had a couple weeks ago, now hitting a bit of a, a little bit of a roadblock, uh, doing so much better. Uh, and he is a part, and I'm not saying Ronaldo left, Manchester United's fortunes changed. I thought it was handled very well by Eric Ten Hag, say, this is my team, because a lot of managers wilt with Ronaldo and say, okay, you're, we've seen it with the superstars. They go, and, and for Messi, for, for that reason too, we will do it your way, but Ten Hag stood his ground. And now Cristiano Ronaldo, who's, I mean, we don't even mention Messi Ronaldo until this podcast uh, about the great, we don't really talk about who the greatest is anymore. It's moved on very abruptly, but uh, I mean, I, I've been, I've enjoyed Ronaldo. I've admired him. I would love to see him finish somewhere or, or challenge somewhere. I, I know I'm leading him to maybe MLS at one point, which maybe not, high on his list, although there was reports it was close. He might came to Sporting Kansas City, of all people. But I would like to see a little bit more uh, for us, whether it's in Europe. The So many European clubs backed away for one reason or the other, the Champions League clubs. But maybe there's somewhere else. What, what would you like to see for Ronaldo as he ends it, this final stretch, we would imagine? I mean, at this point, like, if he ended up in Australia for a year, would you be surprised? No, big money, big money. If he goes to, is there, is there big money? If there, I would be good if there's I, I big know. money there. I don't know NYFC, but I think you know, there is I, big. There can be big money in Major League Soccer. We have obviously sure. these big American owners in Europe. There's going to be some here and maybe some new ones. And it's at Inter Miami where the the David Beckham Group or 
trying to get a big offer for Messi, but maybe there's one for Ronaldo as well. I I think the the problem now um, for all MLS observers is this has gone so poorly for him PR wise, and I don't I don't want to every time I bring that up like Twitter's quick on yeah you got two hundred million dollars or whatever that's not how he thinks that's not how he thinks this has been a disaster the last four months and now if I'm him I've followed him his entire career. If I'm him, the next move isn't about another paycheck. And that's where I think MLS are going to miss out. The next move has to be about some type of of repair. To me, there's only one place he he needs to go, and that's Sporting Lisbon. I think he needs to go to Sporting Lisbon. They can be a Champions League team. He can win titles. He knows the club. It's your classic end-of-career move. Go back to your original club. It's it's competitive, but it's 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 a gentle enough landing spot where he can end on a bit of a high. Because right now, this is this video of him throwing tantrums and sounding. Was it Saudi because Arabia. people were chanting Messi, and then he said, "I'm out" or something along those I, lines? I didn't. I I I missed the exact copy. All I know is, like, I didn't care anymore. Yeah, that's how that's I sad. know he's in the spot. Like, I didn't like like in October of last year. I'm consuming. Every man you run all those stuff. I want to know everything. And now I'm at the point where, oh, okay, he's throwing a fit in Saudi Arabia. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I don't like that. I, I, I think the next spot has to be a nice landing spot. I think the Newcastles of the world are, are on to him. I don't think he even has that available to him anymore. And I personally, it's go back to sporting. Make an impression. If he wants another European, if he wants to go to Germany next year, it's next year. If he wants to go to Germany next year for the Euros, Roberto Martinez is just starting his 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 tenure as manager of the Portuguese national. I think he can he can set a new course for himself, but he has to come back to Portugal. Sporting will take him anytime, anytime. And they're a reputable club in a league that he can win. He needs to win again. He needs to be that guy again. He needs to be in your in your timeline for things other than throwing fits. And I think that's where MLS have missed out. If this went better for him, his next stop is MLS. 100%. You are, the case you made is 100%. It's weird because we, we talked about Messi and that Argentine national team doing it for Ronaldo. I think that sporting team in that club would do something similar, right? They go, it's Ronaldo. He's an icon. And we he wanted, would reset we himself. This. Yeah, he and he would do the same. Himself. That's the call. And, and, and I think if he's smart, which he hasn't been in the last five months, I think that's what you do. But we'll see what Ronnie's up to. <laughs> who, who knows, Max? Who knows? I, don't, I go. I, I just want a little bit more. I want a little. I don't want to see the Ronaldo Messi year. I want a little, little more of it taste, whether I'm it's in the it, U.S. Yeah. or somewhere else. Sid Sixero, that was uh, incredible. Uh, it, uh, I knew it would be a good conversation. It was 10 times better. Uh, I appreciate your time, and thanks for jumping on here for a wide variety of subjects. I, we covered a lot of ground here. We did. We did. We, we, we got a, a, an Adam Verk reference in early, which was we smart. Got, get it out of the um, way. That was your Get call. it out of the Excellent. way. Because you know he's he, he may not have stuck around for this moment, <laughs> but he listened to the first two minutes. Yes. 100%. 
Uh, we let them off the hook then. We can let them off the hook. You're, you're uh, out, so you true. don't have to get into the, into the into the messy conversation. <laughs> no, hopefully he'll dive into it. Hopefully I dive uh, into it. So, but Max, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being patient. We've uh, we've we've uh, we've had some changes here at Breakfast Television in Toronto. It's been a little chaotic, but it's been it's. I'm excited about the future, but uh, we've had to re reshuffle a couple. So God bless you uh, for being patient, and thank you for everything you've done. You've been very important for soccer in North America for a long long oh, man time. regardless of, of of what reincarnation of, of max bretos we saw you've, you've done it at the highest levels i haven't been in bristol you've done it at the highest levels and uh you're 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 doing great i just got my mls season pass the other day just so we're clear i got mine i'm ready to go and hopefully tfc well, can win a few games <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> i'll yeah well, hopefully i'll have a, a a road trip up to uh, southern ontario so i'll just res southern ontario, respect yes. to the folks up north and we can uh grab a coffee at some point Oh, I, I would love it. I would love it. Max, uh, all the best to you, man. Appreciate it. Have a good Sid, one. Sid Sixero here in the business, and we'll be back for a brief stoppage time to wrap up Soccer OG. As I mentioned earlier, no stoppage time this week. I was going to address the independent investigation by U.S. Soccer. You can get my take on YouTube. Under my name, Max Bretos, there is a new video out there where you can listen to what I think we should take away from this situation before we jump ahead with regards to U.S. soccer and Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna for that matter. I want to say thanks again to Sid Sexero. He was fantastic as we had a nice conversation. A reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe to Soccer OG here. Check out the entire library of podcasts. Go check us out on YouTube as well under my name, Max Bretos. Quick little a uh, little piece of business here. As I like to point out every week, I am on the road with MLS Season Pass. I will be in Colorado this week for the Rapids and Minnesota. So lots of road trips coming up. If you're in Colorado, come and say hello at Dick's Sporting Good Park. We're out of time for this week. We'll be back next week. Until then, Placido Domingo. Domingo.